Recorded live. The Lord is blessing me right now, oh Lord, right now. Oh, the Lord is blessing me right now. You know he woke me up this morning, and he started me on my way, the Lord is blessing me right now, the Lord is blessing me right now. Oh, Lord, right now, the Lord is blessing me right now. You know he woke me up this morning, and he started me on my way, the Lord. Is blessing me right now. The Lord is blessing me right now. Oh Lord, right now. Oh, the Lord is blessing me right now. You know he woke me up this morning, and he started me on my way. The Lord is blessing me right now. The Lord is blessing you. Right now, oh Lord, right now, oh the Lord is blessing you right now. You know he woke you up this morning and he started you on your way. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is blessing you right now. Amen. Your blessing just didn't start right now. Your blessing started when he opened your eyes up early this morning to bless you to see another day. Woke you up with a brand new mercy. Amen. And gave you new hope to start your day. Amen. We thank God for his loving kindness and his tender mercies, overlooking our many faults, still yet attended to our needs. Thank him for his loving kindness. Give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold things against you. Amen. He still bless you. Amen. We may not have everything we want. Amen. But just look at all the necessities that life has that he brings to us each and every day. Blessing us with shelter of our head, clothing on our bodies, shoes on our feet gracing our table with our daily bread, all the necessities of life. Amen. I supply your every need according to my riches and glory. He didn't say he'll give you everything you want, but he said he'll supply your every need. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For seeing for us where we couldn't and could not see for ourselves. 
Amen. Making ways for us. Open doors for us. Touching people's heart for us. Amen. And giving us a job to, that we can be supported. Amen. Giving us favor. Amen. And somebody needs to know today that favor is much greater than money. Amen. Thank God for God's favor. We thank God for blessing us once again to come together uh, on our Tuesday night Bible study. And I do pray that the word of God be a blessing to one and all. Thank God for all who are listening in to the study on tonight. Amen. We are the New Way of Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman L. Evans. We're located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is nwoflight2002 at yahoo.com. Amen. We are waiting to hear from you. Amen. Drop us a line. Amen. Send us an email. <clears throat> encourage us as we try our best to encourage you. Our lesson on tonight will be coming from Second Samuel chapter 13. Amen. We'll try and see if we can complete this chapter on tonight. And I do pray that everyone who has followed us uh, as we open this chapter up, amen, and followed along with us, have been blessed, amen, and have, and have had an eye-opening experience concerning the verses of Scripture that we have covered thus far. Because <clears throat> it surely is something for us, amen, to uh, not only pay close attention to, Amen. But get, give heed to. Amen. For the Bible says not the hearer of the word, but it's the doer that will be justified before God. Amen. So he don't look for us just to sit and hear. Amen. But he looks for us to get up and do. Amen. Because it's in, in this line of business, it's show and tell. It's not just telling. Amen. But it's also showing. Let your light. So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in the heavens. So it's not just about saying. It's more or less about doing. Amen. When Jesus came on the scene, all the things that the old prophet had prophesied, what he said, he came to fulfill. Amen. He didn't come to destroy the, 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 the prophecies. He didn't come to destroy the law, but he came to do what? Fulfill. He fulfilled everything that was concerning him. Amen. So it's not it's not just what we hear, it's about what we do. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they was talking about it. When Jesus came along, he was he was being about it. That's what God is looking for us as uh believers in him would do. Be about it. And let me say this to you before we go into our lesson. Being a believer is not believing that there's that there is a God. Because the Bible says even the devil believes and tremble. So it's not about us believing that there is a God, but we become believers because we believe in the word of God. We stand on it. We live by it. So let's go into our lesson. Chapter 13, 2 Samuel. I'll be reading to you hearing from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have a Gideon or NIV or any other type of Bible, some verses of Scripture may read differently than yours. But I do pray that as we cover the Scriptures, amen, and unfold the mystery of the Word, that we may see ourselves in this 21st century, that we all may be blessed by it. Second Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. And it came to pass after this, that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemuel, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Will thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, 
my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. When thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Shammah come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down, and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let my sister come, and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house, and dress him meat. So, so Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Abnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thy hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made, and brought them into the chamber to Abnon, her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her, and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou defile it. And I, whether shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Albeit, he would not hearken unto her voice, but being strong with the chief, forced her, and lay with her. And I am not hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou did unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of divers colors upon her. But with such robes was the king's daughter that were virgins apparel. Then his servants brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, And have none thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother's Absalom house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. But Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. They came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shears in Belhazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, that servant has sheep shares. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants, go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all go. Let us not all, not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, How be it? He would not go, but bless him. Then said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him, and he let Amnon all and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now that Amnon's heart is married with wine. And when I say unto you, smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have not I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servant of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. And all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up upon his mule and fled. And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that tidings come to David, saying, Absalom has slain all the king's sons. There is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tore his garment and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shemir, 
save his brother. Answer him and say, Let not my Lord suppose that they have that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons. For Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this had been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now, therefore, let not my lord, the king, take this, take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. And Absalom fled, and the young men that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come, as thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that, behold, the king's son came, and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled and went to tell me, the son of Amahud, king of Geshur. And David moaned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, saying he was dead. We read Second Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 to verse 39. What a sad case. What a sad testimony that this chapter gives us concerning lust and sin. That has been disrupted a whole family. David sinned against God, brought God to open shame by taking another man's wife and killing her husband by placing him up on the battlefield on the hottest part of the battle so that he would be killed so it wouldn't be revealed that, that the child that the woman carried was David and not her husband. And because he'd done this thing, God pronounced judgment upon David that the sword would never depart from his house and that his sons, his family, would raise up their heels against him. And now all of this turmoil, all of this turmoil that hit David's house and now his son then raped his own sister, plotted, with his first cousin, who the Bible called a friend. My brothers and sisters, if you got a friend like this, you don't need an enemy. A friend supposed to give you sound advice, godly advice, advice that will keep you from getting in trouble with man as well as with God. And this fellow here and gave him some bad advice that have gotten him in trouble with both, with God and man. And then cause a problem in the house to get even greater. Because the child that Bathsheba had was pregnant for David with, that was was pronounced upon this child. The child died, just as God said. Now, that is hitting his children. That then came in the house even greater, even further. And you know, there are some things that that's a little greater than death. When you die, it's, it's over. It's finished. But when there's something that can happen that can destroy the person's life that you have to live with, from day to day, relive this incident over and over in your mind, some things is even greater than death. And so now lust, the same lust that David had, he had passed it upon his son, Amnon. And what did, and what did the Lord say in, in, in the book of Exodus when he gave him the Ten Commandments? That the sins of the father oh, oh, yeah. were passed upon his, on his, on his, on his children to the third yeah, and fourth generation. And just as God said it, it has surely come to pass. One, before one child, a till of my will fall to the ground. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but me and my word shall stand forever. Now lust and hit Amnon to the place that he didn't got eyes for his own sister. 
cheating that eyes for his own sister. And you can tell that he had been watching or been lusting for her. And he was fighting this thing. He was on the borderline. Because when we read in in, in, in verse 2, it said that, that uh, Amnon was vexed. Why? Because he felt sick for his own sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. So that tell you right there what, what his mind and his heart was, was directed towards. His flesh was rising for his own sister. And look, look what he said. He said, I thought it hard for me to do anything to my sister, to her. He wanted her, but he said, this was a bad thing. This is too hard for me to do to have my own sister. And so in order for him to get past that, when, the, when his so-called friend, which actually is his first cousin, when he tells him, say, look, you're the king, son. What's going on with you? What's happening with you today, bro? So you're, you're down. You got your head leaning down. What's going on? Man, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I, I love uh, my brother Absalom. So he, wouldn't, he wouldn't tell him that she was his sister because he didn't want to face it. There's some things we say that we don't want to face, so we, we try and get around the truth. So it won't, it won't affect us, or we won't allow it to affect us as deeply. But regards to, to what you say, the truth is going to always remain the truth. Whether you say it, whether somebody else says it, whether you don't want to face it or not, you can't change the truth from being the truth. So he listened at his so-called friend, his first cousin, tells his father, the king, King David, that he's sick. Tell Tamar to come to my house and fix me something to eat. I'm not going to come and eat with the family today. I don't feel too. So David sends Tamar to Amnon's house. He comes down to the house. She comes down to the house. And he and little do they know, he him and his his first cousin, his so-called friend, then plotted, then plotted to get her there so that he can take her. And so when she comes to feed him, because this was the excuse that he made, I can't come and eat. I'm sick. Send Tamar here to feed me from her hand. So when she comes, after she finished cooking the food for him. Bible says he refused to eat. He didn't want to eat. So what you got me coming here for if you don't want to eat? So he grabs her by the hand and tells her to come lie with him. But before we do that, look what the, look what the little the little fella do. He put everybody out. All his servants be gone from me. Everybody get out. Everybody who can be a witness to the fact that he raped his own sister. He put them out. There's something how we can feel good about doing wrong as long as we don't do it around somebody that can be a witness to what we do. But the Bible says what's done in the dark can surely come to the light. But your sin shall find you out. But we don't we don't we don't think about that. Because we we on tunnel vision now. All our eyes see is what we want. All our heart can perceive is what we want to do. But when the Bible says when, when lust, when a man is enticed, he's drawn away by his own lust. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. All of these things happen in a matter of moments in the life of this fellow. In a matter of moments. Because of the, the temptation in seeing her every day in the past, around him, that was enough for him right there. And you know, when you got your mind on having something, the more you see it, the more you want it. And the less you get in that reason. You don't have no reason when, 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 when lust is filled with your eyes, your heart. And your head, you keep this and that nothing. You don't want to hear nothing. You you can't only see you see it, but you want. And so when they made this plot, he fell for the plot. Told it to his father. His father fell for it. He sends Tamar to Amnon's house. He puts all the servants out, and when and, and tells her to come into his chamber. When she goes into the chamber, he takes her by the hand and tells her to come and lie with him. And she tells him, look. Now, she tries to reason with the fellow and say, look, 
We we more, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. We more or less are the king's children. We're supposed to be setting an example for the people. That's what we as Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to set an example for the world. That you like the world. We're supposed to set an example for the world of the earth. We we're supposed to be a preserver. But if the salt moves to save, therefore it's good for to be cast out and trodden under the foot of me. Therefore, you know, you're not you're not saving yourself that's not anybody else. You're not preserving anything. And so when you don't when you don't be, be a preservative, everything that comes before you is spurled. It it it's it gets it, tarnished. And so he takes and she tells him, say, look, my brother, don't force me to do this kind of thing. Nothing like this should be heard about in Israel. Don't do this type of violence. He said, well, what, well how are you going to hide the shame from the people? Because this stuff, you can't hide this kind of stuff. We hide both our people. And this is what the world got on the church. They're looking for spots on us. They can find an excuse not to give their life to God. And so she said, you're going to be in the pools in it. But in other words, this thing, this, this, is, this wouldn't be the first time this had happened, but you're going to be just like the rest of those pools that's out on the street. A person who's supposed to be accepted that. What, what do Paul say? Paul say, are we supposed to be teachers, yet we still yet need to be taught? We're supposed to be setting an example. We're supposed to be teaching other people how to live, how to come out. But here we, we in, encouraging people. It's a few of you in front of the post in Israel. She said, she said, don't do this type of folly. And we're not going to go ahead with this type of shame. He said, now, I'm praying you go speak to the case so he will not withhold me from you. Now, she's trying to reason with this fellow. First, she got to tell him who they're supposed to be. What kind of they're supposed to be set. Then she tells him, look, if you want me, if you really want me that bad, go to the king. He won't withhold you from me. And as we know, in the, uh, uh, during this particular time in the Bible, uh, brothers married sisters. Abraham married his sister. So, so this wouldn't be a strange thing here for him to go to, to his, his father and ask for the hand of his sister in marriage. But he's not worried about marrying. She's trying to tell him, say, look, if we're going to do this thing, and we're going to lay down, let us do it right. Let us be right before man as well as before God. Because when we, when we do it right before man, we set an example that marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. But homemongers and adulterers, God's going to judge. So let us do this thing right. Let us set an example before the people. Because people is watching you. And they take you and use you as a crutch and as an excuse not to do what's right. As soon as you get yourself right and try to become a witness, they're going to wash your face with what you did in the past. Oh, I remember when you used to do this. Now all of a sudden you want to tell somebody. So we got to, we got to be right. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. And so she tried to reason with it. But what did the Bible say? She would not talk with her voice. She would talk. She would often. wouldn't listen to that reason. Why? Because lust said it took over. Sin was about to damage both their lives. Then after he did the Bible say, now he hated all his sin. And the hate was exceeded the love that he so-called had for her. But as we know, it was not love. Because if you love them, you would hurt them. You don't hurt people that you love and care about. You know, what Paul said, Paul said in the book of Ephesians, no man hurts his own flesh. No man hurts his own flesh, but he nourishes it. So this can't be love. Because the Bible, the Bible is the thing, not Webster, but the Bible is the thing that 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 open our understanding to what love actually is. 
So if we love so, he would have never damaged our life like this. He would have never tarnished our image. Would have never forgiven us to be from all. Now, he says, the Bible says he exceedingly, they don't hear all the pain, he exceedingly able. That's funny how we go wrong when we put it against other people. I wouldn't something with people so and so. I would have never done that if they wouldn't have come home. me. you got a choice to make, brother. My sister, you got a choice to make. You choose to do this. Can't nobody make you do anything. That's why you hear our elders say, choose the company you keep. Choose the company you keep. Show me your company, and i tell you who you are. So now, her life is ruined. She was known as a virgin in the king's house by the clothing that she wore. Because the Bible said that the, that the king's daughters, the daughters in the king's house, they, the, the virgins was apparel in diverse colors. But now she got to tear this off because she's not a virgin anymore. So she was just looking as one from the outside, but inwardly she knew she wasn't. She 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 was she was dressing a part that she wasn't playing, because now she's been torn and she's been damaged. And a lot of people try to play a part on the outside that they're really not living on the inside. They dressed the part, but they're not living it. Some of the same sisters and deacons and preachers just get dressed up and they suddenly go to meeting like this. They suddenly, suddenly go to meeting clothes. It's the same ones you find in the club on Saturdays. She had a garment of diverse colors upon her. For such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins of apparel. Now he tells his servant to take her and put her out the house. Both the door behind her. I can't stand to see her. Because to see her is for him to face what he did. Talmud put ashes. Now, during this period of time uh, in Israel, uh, when a person put ashes in sackcloth upon, that was the indication of something dying. Somebody that died. They're mourning, they're mourning someone, some loved one that they lost. And so when she put this on you, what do you think she's mourning? What do you think then, then died? Her future's dead. Her promises of being a wife and a mother is dead. That's been, that's been killed. That's been murdered by what he did her. Because men during this period of time look for what? Virgins to marry. And when they married a woman, they found that she was not a virgin. The Bible says in the, in, in the book of Leviticus, and, and Deuteronomy, they say that you can bring her back to her father and say that she's been, she been, she been, been, been played the father. She's been followed. She's been funded with. And so now she's good for nothing. So look what, she, look what the Bible says. She goes to her brother Absalom's house, and she, she remained there desolate. Tamar and desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Now, we do know what the word desolate means. Desolation means destruction. Mean barren, but nothing growth. There's no growth there. There's nothing, no promise there. That's just a waste of 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 of, of sorrow, a waste of time to try and, and work this ground because there's nothing that is going to reveal back to you. And so she's definitely nothing that she can kill anyone because she's been damaged. And they're not going to put on on what Amnon did. You know, look at Paul. And that's a shame how they look at, at the women and put a woman name chain for something a man did. You remember when they brought the woman Jesus who was, who was part of their act of adultery? Why did they didn't bring that to? The Bible says we caught in adultery, then you shall be stoned. Now this was the was the was the law. That a person called the adultery would be stoned. Not just the woman, but both parties. And the Bible says that it's in that, in that scripture, that that, oh, that he was caught in the very act. So if you're caught in the act, there had to be somebody else there acting it out with you. Mm. 
when they brought the woman to Jesus and asked Jesus, what do the law say? They wasn't supposed to let the whole law themselves because they didn't bring the man. So now this woman's life, she's ruined. And so to keep her from being stoned, like as if though she was the perpetrator, or like she went there and just laid down and, and opened herself up to, to her own brother, she stayed in her brother after her house for not only for uh, that life of good, but also for protection. And, and so Absalom tells her, say, look, don't worry about it, my sister. You stay here. I got your back. And the Bible said that he tells his brother Abner nothing, whether it was good or bad. You know, it's, it's, when you know you didn't done something to, to somebody, and they don't say nothing to you, you got to be careful because they plot something against you. They, they got it on their mind. They plot something. When a person don't say nothing at all, and you know they know, and it just hurt them in some kind of way, they don't say nothing. I remember we was coming up, they used to, uh, uh, they, they, they talked about this thing about Al Green, the singer who became a preacher now. Al Green had beat this woman, and he thought it was over. She ain't said nothing. And we let him went day down. You know what she did? She went to cook her a pot of grits and put them grits on it. So you have to be careful when you done done something wrong to somebody and they're not saying anything to you, good or bad. They ain't saying nothing. They let you know you don't know what's on their mind. But they got something on their mind, and they're plotting something to get you. Absalom didn't reveal anything to him how he felt about that situation. Mm. He didn't say anything. But remember that he was already plotting how he was going to get it. After two years, look how long. Look. <laughs> Boy, look at here. He waited. Now, that's the person, that's the person that got paid. Now, you would think after two years, regardless of how bad something was or happened, they, might, they may not like you anymore. They may not deal with you anymore. But you would think that they, would, they, they wouldn't still have murder on their mind. But look how he plotted and waited. He, he waited until the time to make others forget what he didn't forget. To make all of this stuff just die down, to make other people think that once he had plans into motion, they would try to put these things together. Now, he waited for years when it was time to go to the market with, with his sheep to bring the wool in. He brought the sheep to the sheep shearers so they can bring the wool into the market so that they can get the profit from the wool. So we go tell his father, David, look, got some sheep children. Over in Bethlehem. Uh, uh, why don't you and, and, and my brother's come with me into the And so they said, look, they don't get the to take all these people with you because you're going to be responsible for the feed, the house, all of these people while they're out uh, uh, with you on their way to the market. Because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say how far it was, but you know it's a distance that they had to go from the country into the city with the wolf. And so they may have to spend a couple of nights out, out on the prairie. And so he had to make sure that these people were fed, that they had tents and things sleeping. So it was it would be his responsibility for the care of these people. So then they said, look, no, it don't make no sense for us to come out and then you're going you to be responsible for us. And so he said, I'm going to give you my blessing. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want you to have responsibility on your shoulders, son. You know, you, you want to take care of your business, take your service with you, and, and, and I'm going to stay. And so he said, well, look. He pressed him on and said, well, look, well, let, let, uh, let, let Al, Al not. And so he asked him, he said, why should he go? Now, he didn't ask any questions about the other son. He questioned him about Al now. Because he asked for his brother and the father to come. Father said he couldn't come because he didn't want to call that responsibility on him. Don't make no sense for father to go down. So he said he was going to stay. He said, well, he didn't, he didn't call any other brother that was going to He said, why do I not have to come with you? 
there's something that's going to fall on them. knock on the door and say, so-and-so uh, just killed your son. 
but you was out there with him. You ain't trying to help or nothing. You you got your way to safety. And what they say, a bullet don't have no name on it. That's why you have to be careful who you allow your children to be out there hanging with, running with, sleeping over with, and all the rest of these things they be doing with. They might laugh and talk and have a good time and all these things going good, but then let us know here when these brothers jumped on their mules and ran, when they jumped on Amnon, and let you know that they wasn't that, 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 that closely knitted. There was brothers that and close on the outside, but when it came down, blood. They jumped on the field and ran. They left his brother. And when the news got back to David, David cried because he knew that this day was coming. He knew sooner or later something was going to happen. You didn't never see the when they did why. You don't never see the question what Absalom did. He wouldn't check out him out. Because of it was his child to chastise right. It was his child to judge between right and wrong. But he wouldn't judge his own son. But when, when Nathan came to him and told him a, 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 a parable about how a, 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 a rich man took a poor man, only let him, and killed him for a man that came forward to his house. Missing out the house, it's been bad and all going. 
And so, so preacher, what you saying? What are you putting in, in your children? What are you allowing them to see? What are you allowing them to hear? You let children. A lot of people let their children grow up too fast. They let them sit in grown-up conversation, and before you know it, they're talking as if they're a grown, grown person themselves. You let them see and hear grown, grown-up things, and before you know it, somebody's knocking on your door and saying, your child impregnating my, my daughter. Or some, child, or some woman is charging your son for raising his daughter. But you allow them to see you do all of these things in front of them. These children today... It's not crazy. Because they exposed to all kinds of different stuff on those TVs. I'm talking about stuff that comes on regular channels, not no cable. I'm talking about regular channels in prime time when, when families are supposed to sit, be sitting together looking at family channels. That's the kind of stuff that's coming on that these children are exposed to. When I was in school, they had no classes about uh, uh, sex education. They get educated in all kinds of stuff today. And here, here you, you, you think you got it going on. You want to know if you still got it, and you're so hot that you allow your children to hear and see all these kind of things. You ain't got time for them to teach them what's right and to bring them before God. And then as soon as they commit an ungodly act that's going to cost you, you put the thing at them, but, baby, you need to look at the mirror. I see Michael Jackson made a song. It's, it's, look at the man in the mirror. You got to look at yourself. What are you putting in this child? What are you teaching them? Chapter 13, 2 Samuel. This is the chapter that we went through that none of us should forget. Because guess what? It ain't going to get no better. It's not going to get it. There's still some more things that we got to go through. Why, why do we put ourselves through this? You hear, I, I forget who, who, who that was. There was uh, this guy used to play football for the, for, for, he started off with, with the 49ers. Then he went to the Philadelphia Eagles. He used to always talk about, I love me some me. How can we love me some me and put ourselves through that kind of foolishness? Choose ye this day. Who you going to serve? If God be God, serve God. But if God be master, if the man or the woman then became your God, if your money, your job, are you hanging out with the boys or the girls? The gym, all of these different crazy stuff that you're not taking time out with going out there. All of those things be your God and go ahead. But you got to do it. Sooner or later, you want to So I pray that something that was said out of this chapter, as we open it up, we close it up, and call it up. To see if the error of our ways and do better. Because it's not too late. It's not too late. Don't hide from it. We got to face it. David hid from what he did. He hid from what his son Amnon did. And look what it comes But we hide from these things and don't address it. It don't get better. It's progressively dispersed. And we have nobody. But I'm praying that something the Lord will out in this chapter have called us ourselves so that we can put that in. We can be a man. So we thank God for this. Uh, thank God for the song tonight. And we, we pray that it has been a blessing to one and all. And don't forget, uh, every Sunday at, at uh, Oakland, from the airline at our church uh, preaching the gospel on Sunday. So tune in with us. Call in. Send us a message. Send us an email. Send us a letter. Let us hear from you. We're the New Airline Ministries of Pastor Herman Evans. We're located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. 
I will visit 77362. I will email the SWF Life 2002 at yahoo.com. Amen. We pray that we have been having help or blessing to you in some kind of way. So until until Sunday, amen. May God bless you. May God keep you. It is our prayer. This concludes our lesson for tonight. God bless night. Amen. Y'all have a good day. Thank you.